0: Brothers and sisters, we're ending our quest for holiness, at least in terms of this sermon series tonight. We're going to see what the 10th commandment teaches us about living for Jesus, because that's ultimately what all the commandments are about. They're teaching us, they're showing us how to live for Jesus. Do not covet. It means do not envy what someone else has, or do not crave what belongs to someone else. How, how can we live this out? And, and, and like I said, we're, we're just going to kind of talk through this tonight using uh, the catechism, this uh, great Bible study series, as our guide. Well, what does the Tenth Commandment teach us? What is the true meaning of do not covet? Well, we're brought immediately in our Bible study to all the other commandments. Did you notice that? It like skips over the 10th commandment or something, it seems like. Not even the slightest thought or desire contrary to any one of God's commandments. The reason for that is it is telling us what the 10th commandment is about. This commandment gets at the root of all of God's commands. It seems at first like it's very much about specific sins. We have in, in Exodus, not coveting my neighbor's house, wife servants. It's not that it's not about those things, but it's it's really and especially it's about the root of all disobedience against God. And on the flip side, it also gets at the root of all obedience and joyful living for God. Coveting, what this commandment does is it brings us to something that we don't get directly in all the other commandments, our minds, our desires, our wants, our thoughts, our hearts. We know all along in the Bible, as we looked at all the commandments, it's, it's always about our hearts. It's ultimately about our hearts. And and we, we've seen that in every commandment, and, and you know that. But the other commandments aren't directly about that. This one is. In a sense, this is a summary of all of them, or at least it gives us something foundational to all of them. It gives us the root of all of them. You know, just like we spoke this morning about the importance of the heart and what's going on there. This commandment, it's about that exactly. It's about what's going on on the inside of us. And we don't always go there. We don't always automatically think about that when when we think about the behavior of our kids for example we don't always go there when we think about how we interact with people at work in the world you know with the eighth commandment we think about not stealing don't rob banks it's wrong but the root of robbing is wrong too stuff that goes on in your mind and heart before stealing is wrong too in fact greed in our hearts that may never actually result in any action of stealing is wrong as well you see and that's because god's law goes way beyond human laws human laws are about good or bad behavior they couldn't be about anything else you pass by a cop car on the road waiting to pull you over he can't or she can't get you for anything going on in your mind You could be thinking the worst things possible about that cop as you go by. They can't do anything about it. But if you speed, then you'll be pulled over. To speak disrespectfully to your mother is wrong. You should be disciplined. But your your mom can't punish you for thinking as she's talking to you, for thinking that old nag. But the catechism is different. Reflecting God's word... I should not have even the slightest thought or desire contrary to any one of God's commandments arise in my heart. Do not covet. So see, do not covet tells us not just that the obvious sin, sort of the weed above ground that everyone can see is problematic, not just the action, but there are stages before that. Sin starts out burrowed underground in our hearts, in the seed. And that seed in our hearts can be watered and fertilized so that it starts pressing up through the soil. And here's the thing. Commandment number 10 is telling us that that stuff underground doesn't just potentially become sin, But that's sin too. And that's ultimately telling us how great God is. He's God of the universe, the entire world, everything, and not just what's going on on the outside. He's greater than any president or king ever was or ever could be because he's king of our hearts and our thoughts and our desires. Everything. Everything comes under God's rule. It, it's ultimately telling us how great and awesome our God is, that this is true, that this is even a commandment. And, and see, God is concerned about our hearts, and there's a command about our slightest thought or desire because outward sin always starts inside. The sexual sin starts by, it could be the tiniest of thoughts going down the wrong path path, gossiping, starts with an envious or hateful heart attitude towards someone. Our desires and what goes on there, they lead to action. Good desires welling up in us have good results and they can become luscious, beautiful, amazing fruit for everyone to see. But evil desires will have evil results. God wants us To nip those in the bud. Take them seriously. Don't let them slide. Don't think, hey, what goes on in my mind, my thought life, that's that's for me. I can do what I want there, and it's not going to affect me. No. You can sin there. And you can nurture that sin, which will lead to even more issues and problems. I've told this story before once, but it's worth hearing again, especially because it's by an an Irish writer and poet. This is for Pastor Mike. Oscar Wilde once told a story. I don't know how many Irish writers and theologians we get to quote Pastor Mike. Oscar Wilde once told a story about how the devil, this is an illustration, the devil was crossing the Libyan desert, when he met a number of people who were just tormenting a a holy hermit, a man of God, they tried to involve the hermit in sins of the flesh, tempting him in every way they knew how, but to no avail, he stood firm. This saint shook off all of their suggestions, but then the devil whispered to the people that were working for him these people what you do is too crude give me a chance i'll show you how to do this and the devil told the holy man your brother has been made bishop of alexandria a smile of malignant jealousy crept across the face of their hermit that said the devil to his crew that's the sort of thing I recommend. The devil recommended that because he knows, as God knows, and he tells us it throughout this word. He's got a whole commandment dedicated to it. That sin starts in the heart. So what commandment number 10 is really about is where our hearts are at, where our hearts are. Here's the thing about this commandment. We're told... You heard what it said God's will was, and there are a number of Scripture texts to support it. Uh, The Heidelberg Catechism is very biblical. We know this has been time-tested. This is true. We're told that God's will is that not even the slightest thought or desire, contrary to His commandments, is allowed. And the Catechism asks sort of a natural question after that one in 114. Well, is it possible to follow this then? And the catechism is like flat out, no, period. No. You notice the question specifies Christians, can those converted to God obey those? So when, when, when we belong to Jesus, and, and that's one thing that that does is that helps guard against uh, the danger of perfectionism. And, and there are Christians, there are folks out there who think it's possible to put away sin completely in this life you belong to Jesus. Wesleyan's Methodists usually teach this, for example. But our own experience, mine at least, probably yours, and the testimony of Scripture show us that even the holiest of people just begin to start obeying God. And that's what it says here. In this life, even the holiest have only a small beginning of disobedience. But despite this, we are to seriously try to live according to all God's commands with all seriousness of purpose. In fact, if someone who loves the Lord can't help but strive for holiness, we can't help it. We want to when we belong to Jesus. The catechism has an encouraging word for us as we do strive for holiness. Those converted to God do begin to live according to all, not only some of God's commandments. Praise God. That happens with his help, with his grace. He justifies us. He makes us right with God, and he sanctifies us. He makes us more like him. He makes us holy. We we do walk closer to Jesus. There's a last thought here as we walk through this. And it's a last thought on commandment number 10 and all of the commandments. Why does God want us to preach and teach the Ten Commandments? One reason is so that we are pointed to our Savior Jesus Christ which is where we need to be, close to him. When we keep God's standard before us as he wants us to, we realize we just can't do it. We can't do it on our own. It reminds us of our need for Jesus. It leads us to the good sorrow that we talked about this morning, as opposed to the worldly sorrow, it leads us to the godly sorrow that we need, which leads to repentance, which leads to salvation. It makes us love Jesus more. It makes us go closer and closer to Jesus. And it makes us want those who are near us and in our realm of influence be closer to Jesus It makes us depend on him completely for our salvation. Shows us how much we need Jesus in our life. And you know what? That is where God's children need to be. That's where you and I need to live. In that place in our lives. Knowing that we need Jesus. We need to be in that place. Totally dependent on him. It doesn't matter what age you are tonight what's going on in your life that's where you and i need to be closer to jesus knowing our dependence on him we do it on our own we're going to trip up we're going to fall but with him we're going to succeed secondly the ten commandments are supposed to be preached and on our minds so that we keep striving forward so while praying to god For the grace of the Holy Spirit, we may never stop striving. The striving is important. The praying for the Holy Spirit is vital. Psalm 19, may the meditations of my heart be pleasing to you, my rock and my redeemer. That's our prayer. With the Holy Spirit's help, instead of nurturing what we shouldn't. Remember a couple weeks ago, we talked about that that mean dog and that good dog inside of us, instead of feeding that mean dog that can creep up, with the Holy Spirit's help, we can nurture and develop and feed purity and love and kindness, godly desires and passions. Paul says, I press on toward the goal. And so do we, each one of us. Let us be doing this in our lives. Let us pray for the Holy Spirit that our thoughts and our desires would be full of God's love so that our actions stay on track so that we can strive forward in our walk. Sometimes we feel, I feel, I bet you do too, like we take a step forward in our relationship with the lord and then a couple steps backwards and we wonder are we making any progress we can get discouraged in our walk with god but by god's grace we're being assured here that we can live according to god's ways we can make good progress That's a promise. We can live for the Lord from the inside out with his help, and we can strive forward for Jesus. By doing that, we're going to make a difference for the Lord in our lives together as a church too.